0: Welcome everyone to Polk and Kush. It is November 8th, 2023 and today's episode is brought to you by the Garden Gates Landscape Company. Are you dreaming of a lush, vibrant landscape that's the envy of the neighborhood Look no further than the Garden Gates Landscape Company, led by the talented Jesse Edmondson. Their team specializes in crafting outdoor spaces that are as breathtaking as they are functional. With their expertise in landscape architecture, design, artificial turf, planting, irrigation, lighting, and maintenance, Garden Gates has everything you need to bring your outdoor vision to life. What's more, in a vibrant city of New Orleans, you can do planting all year round yes you heard that right all year round whether it's the refreshing winter or the sultry summer garden gates is ready to make your landscape dreams a reality and now is a perfect time to illuminate your landscape with their exquisite lighting solutions and indulge in the beauty of artificial turf that stays vibrant throughout the seasons like i have all over my house because i am one lazy and two a genius why wait Reach out to Josh D. Edmondson and the team today, 504-608-4606, or visit them online at www.thegardengateslandscapecompany.com to schedule a consultation. Let the Garden Gates Landscape Company weave magic into your outdoor space today. Once again, 504-608-4606. Thank them for sponsoring this episode. It is lovely to be back with a uh, a... a recovering mr andrew polk who has had a, a hell of a two weeks here
1: yeah i uh we had to cancel last week um uh, because i had uh i don't know what i had yeah some mysterious illness i picked up at a guar concert in gainesville <laughs> florida <laughs> all
0: i the only evidence that i had you know i'm, I'm not uh, Columbo over here but i had uh, instagram uh shorts of uh Guar concert during the day Uh and then a a text that says, I feel really bad. I can't do the show. (laughs) I was like, I'm no genius, but I think I can put two and two together. And I think Guar concert in the
1: afternoon is leading to some very sick human beings on every possible level. Is there any better time of day than the blazing afternoon than to see Guar?
0: I can't believe they agreed
1: to do it. Yeah, of course they did. It's a huge festival. I, I know it seems shitty because I'm performing on it, <laughs> but it's like the whole city. Yeah. It's like a a billion dollar festival. Yeah. You know, Path Blue Ribbon, Liquid Death, mm-hmm. all these bands that no one's ever heard of that <laughs> listens to the show. It's a big deal.
0: What is, how big were the venues?
1: I mean, the the place where I saw Guar was kind of an outside amphitheater, you know, probably okay. like. 5,000 people. And then there okay. are smaller venues around for like smaller shows with, you know, anywhere from like a hundred to probably five hundred people. And that was in Gainesville. This is in Gainesville. This is right downtown. This is near the campus. This is Halloween weekend. The the UF co eds are out oh, completely yeah. naked for Halloween. <laughs> They're warring with the forty eight year old balding punk rockers. Um but it, it was a blast. I don't. I don't. I think it's just like being in New Orleans. Whenever you go somewhere else, you're like, "Wow, Gainesville, Florida, Shangri-La." <laughs> That's, look at this place. One of the
0: these roads are paved with gold. Huh? I mean, I
1: really. Well, I was like, this is the cleanest place I've ever been. <laughs> this. I I went to a Wawa. You know what a Wawa is? Sure, the gas station. Yeah, and there were like people working there. <laughs> It was like one in the morning and the kitchen's like firing on all cylinders. It was like Commander's <laughs> Palace in there. Yeah. It's like one AM on a Tuesday. It does work someplace. And I got a grilled chicken sandwich and it was perfect. Yeah, yeah. I dude, yeah. Gainesville, Florida. That's what they say. That's what they say. They're
0: like, This is the the pinnacle of existence in America.
1: Everybody's going to Austin, Nashville. <laughs> Gainesville, <laughs>
0: Gainesville. Yes, I've been to Gainesville four times. Uh, I did not share the experience that you had in mm-hmm. Gainesville. <laughs> I I found it to be a pretty underwhelming circumstance when I was there exclusively for football games, and it was a complete shit show when I was
1: there. It was it was a shit show when I was there as well.
0: Yeah. Uh, so it was you know whatever. It's a nice town, I suppose. I'm, it's certainly nicer than here. Yeah. I mean, I. <laughs> it doesn't smell like a tire fire every single minute of the day. No, so. it's very
1: nice. I yeah. got Parvo watching The Descendants, and here we are. Uh,
0: can anybody see you live doing stand-up? Are you going to be around in the next few weeks? Uh, yeah,
1: Saturday I'm going to be in Baton Rouge at the brewery some brewery there you go <laughs> go, to the, go to all the breweries on saturday and ask if they know polk it's the big one it's like raft or sail or some shit um that okay so rat put that in your google maps I'll rally cap maybe i don't <laughs> think so <laughs> get them response to the show <laughs> I can figure out their name, we'll see if they can. <laughs> Until they sponsor the
0: show, we're not going to rally say cap. Rally that was cap, right.
1: Yeah, Rally Cap Brewing this Saturday uh, at seven thirty. Uh, it's in Baton Rouge. There's, Polk's Polk's on fire. There's going to be beer. There's going to be me.
0: Yeah, the return of Polk stand up.
1: Yeah, if you hate the woke. <laughs> and you love confederate flags you're going to love andrew polk stand up yeah it's basically if pantera did stand up comedy <laughs> i'm going to i'm going to take it to all the libtards out there i'm going to you know the there was like the liberal redneck comedian i'm the conservative redneck comedian <laughs> No, it's not like
0: that. It's like you and Larry the Cable Guy, like
1: almost the exact same act, right? Yeah, I'm Larry the I-steal-cable guy. (laughs) I have to steal cable because the fucking Bally's app doesn't work. It is the most infuriating thing. How is it possible that that
0: goddamn thing doesn't
1: work? I'm Larry the Bally's guy. (laughs) everybody I just throws stuff at you and yeah I show up to your house and I'm like yeah it doesn't work
0: yeah oh well for those who haven't been paying attention to the pelicans and God bless you if you haven't because you're certainly happier than either of us um uh, the carrier who has the games locally uh Bally sports which is a bankrupt bunk ass company that is literally like losing like like l- losing contracts by the month because they cannot pay most of these teams Thankfully, or I guess not thankfully for uh, New Orleans, they're probably one of the lowest paid teams, so this is one of the ones they're keeping. Uh, So they have continued to make payments to keep the games on in New Orleans. But in the meantime, their app, which required a complete update, totally, totally fell apart. And I'm talking for like 10 days this has gone on now. Mm -hmm. I didn't try last night uh, to watch it because I was at college games during the Denver game. I heard it was still broken though.
1: I stream illegally. Okay, that helps too. So I saw the Pelicans feed, and it was working just fine. <laughs> it works on my fine end. on cable. Yeah, <laughs> I was, you know, streaming it through Russia. <laughs> They're bouncing it to Afghanistan, yeah. which then ended up at your house. Yes, they were. That feed was fine, so I can't <laughs> speak to Bally's, but I do know it. It wasn't just. I thought, of course, since it was not working well that it would it was just gonna be Bally's New Orleans, but it was Bally's everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. So, and in other places they have more than just basketball mm-hmm. right now. They have hockey and stuff like that. So people are missing like eight, nine, ten, twelve games in yeah. a ten day span. It's it's really crazy. And if you look at the Bally's Twitter, they'll have like a heartfelt tweet that sounds like a human wrote it. huh. They're like, Hey, we really know <laughs> We really know how much this sucks and how you how you pay a lot of money. You pay too much money, in fact. It's like $20 a it's month. It's $20 a month, yeah. To see your team, and you can't see it. And you know, that sucks. And then just millions of people are replying like, I'm going to burn down Bally's," <laughs> And then it's just a robot reply with like, please reply with your billing zip code so we can get more information. You see that 10,000 times. And just because, you know, it's like Bally's like mentally disabled nephew is running the Twitter oh, yeah. account and he's just, you know, typing whatever he can.
0: Well, they don't have to answer to anybody. No, because n- the only people who have it are addicted to this crap. Mm-hmm. Most of the same people who are listening to this show. The only reason that you do that you care is because you're kind of addicted to it uh, and you love it. And so therefore you put up with things that suck. You know, like uh, everything that happens inside the Smoothie King Center, as well as, you know, trying to get an app that you pay $20 a month for to turn on. It literally doesn't even turn on. <laughs> I can't get I do it. Could not get it to work for two games. I uh, during the Warriors game, I went to a bar at halftime because the Pelicans were up by two, I think. So I was like, "Uh," oh. got the kids to bed. I turned to my wife I was like, I, I guess I need to go watch this like. It's a two-point game against Steph Curry. Like, so I went and found a bar, went over to a bar on, uh, on Metairie Road, and by the time I like sat down, had a beer, they were down 10. By the time I finished the beer, they were down 20. <laughs> and by the time they were like, do you want another one? It was like a 30-point game. <laughs> I was like, I think I'm going to go home. I think, I think we're good here. <laughs> uh, but then, yeah, they, then they had two other home games, which I went to. One game was on ESPN. So I haven't dealt with it as much as everybody else, but what a what, of all the things in the world. We'll get into the basketball side of all mm-hmm. this stuff, right? Of all the things in the world, making this
1: team harder to watch is just inexplicable. Makes no sense. And I gave Bally's a shot. I did the free trial last year. Yeah. Even during the trial, it didn't work. It doesn't very well. work. And I, uh, you know. People in desperate situations resort to crime, <laughs> and that is, this is sociology one hundred and one. Right that here, that is what I have done. Yeah. I am a product of my environment. Uh huh. So what can I do but lash out?
0: <laughs> Trickle up economics, <laughs> starring Andrew Polk,
1: the Bernie Sanders campaign. Right I mean, here. I mean, it's not. It 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 is not a crime. You want to see the team? You live in New Orleans. It's not on anything the only thing you can do is stream it unless you want to watch you know the twitter with like a two minute delay where they're like naji marshall's the greatest player of all time look <laughs> at him on the sidelines
0: <laughs> or you have to buy cable which is like
1: two hundred dollars a month yeah and so like you really have who no even, who even knows how to get cable in their home anymore do people have cable in their homes Yeah, i, mean, I have no idea I generally, I... Have, I have what no are you going to do? Are you going to call Cox and they're going to send out the one guy <laughs> and he's going to hook it up in a day? That's never going to happen. He'll just go to your parents' house. That's how this works. If you want to watch the Pelicans, you have to go to a bar or, like, go to a hotel lobby. You have to go to a bar and then tell the bartender to turn it on. Yeah. Hope that he knows how the remote works. They normally don't. <laughs> yeah. What's funny about this is... Uh, Earlier I saw a tweet that was like, Where can I listen to a Pelicans podcast that isn't all doom and gloom? And somebody replied, Polk and Gush, check it out. <laughs> like, well, sorry, buddy, if you listen to this one. It's
0: look, it's uh it's on behalf of fans. It's just very frustrating. No There's just universally, that is ridiculous to have to deal with this. And it is particularly frustrating in this situation because the Pelicans had the opportunity to leave what was universally considered a bad partner. Uh, No one was happy with the ballet service. Previously, they could easily be a part of YouTube TV. They could easily be a part of a lot of things that would make this a lot easier. And they have chosen not to be. And the Pelicans re-upped and re-signed the contract to them anyway. We've gone through this on this show. It was a, a significant slap in the face to the fans at the time. And as you're going through this now, you realize how intensely preventable all of this was. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially we saw, I think, Phoenix and Utah both went with like local carriers
1: this offseason. Which makes the most sense out of any of the options. Of course. Especially with a team like the Pelicans that does not have a huge fan base. It is growing. It is trials and tribulations. You need every viewer you can get, especially on these boring weeknight games in a half-filled stadium. Why wouldn't you want people watching that? This is like one of the few things that people actually turn on their television for is live sports. Nobody's watching The Voice. Nobody's watching Mass Singer or Big Brother. They watch football and they watch basketball. And if you know New Orleans I think probably comparatively to other NBA cities is probably on the lower income side so if you get people with antennas people that don't have cable yeah. a lot not everybody has the internet no. some people use cell phones for internet some people go to the library this would this would have been a huge boon to the Pelicans fan base and yeah. they just didn't care
0: they didn't care and then they doubled down on it with comments of being like Oh, accessibility is the most important thing that we had. like, and, and, and saying things that made no sense. Yeah. And the only person who wrote about it or cared about it or did anything is Christian Clark uh, from Noel.com. And even as he was getting answers, they were so unsatisfactory, but it's like, what else can you say? Mm-hmm. The real answer is they did not care. They took the highest bidder, even though they knew they were a terrible service provider. And now the worst possible outcome has occurred, which is a complete outage, not just here, but across the entirety of the company. So it's not like they can go fix it quickly. It's everyone. Like, it, it is not going to get solved fast. And whenever it does get solved, it's going to break again.
1: Mm-hmm. I have not seen any... Indication of what the problem was. No. I, there, there were some rumors that maybe there was a service provider that does something that they need that they didn't pay. Yeah, that you, wouldn't surprise. You me. wonder if it could be something that stupid and that simple.
0: Yet they don't have any money.
1: What is Bally's? It's Sinclair.
0: So Bally's is a the, the way the Smoothie King Center is the arena, right? They're mm-hmm. just a brand on top of a service, which is owned by Sinclair Broadcasting. Sinclair Broadcasting owns. Uh, a bunch of, like, local news channels, like a bunch mm-hmm. of local, like, the, the Fox 8s of the world in probably, like, 75 different cities. They own that. And those are all obviously dying. Like, that old media, whatever conglomerate, is just dying and so they way overspent to get this, thinking this would keep the cable bundle alive. It has failed spectacularly. <laughs> then the idea that this thing would keep the cable bundle alive. Then in a last-ditch effort, they introduced the streaming service thing, and it they have no capability of doing this. I mean, this is like asking us to run a <laughs> streaming site. Like, like, sure, give me the contract. Nobody has any fucking idea what they're doing. And so, of course, it has failed in unbelievably fast and just like you can see the the flames just erupting out of the center of the universe Uh, it was so obvious that this was coming and uh and and again here the pelicans are to blame you can blame sinclair you can blame Bally's, whoever that's fine and almost anywhere else where they had a legacy contract that was six seven years old and even up to two years ago here but now the Pelicans knew exactly what they were doing. This was very clear-eyed. Everyone hated this, and they decided to keep going so that they could maximize the amount of money that they get, even though they know that this sucks and they don't have to do it. And several other teams in the NBA showed them they don't have to do this. But the, the this is who this ownership group is, and I've said it a thousand times, and you've seen it with the Saints, and you see it with them. They are not imaginative, and they are arrogant and this is the peak of it and it is super frustrating when you think of it in that context but overall it's really saving everyone a lot of pain and suffering of having to watch the actual
1: team on the floor $20 a month is more than any other subscription service for anything anything what's netflix is 15 you, you can get like 8k netflix with no ads yeah. for like 15.99 a month
0: and i think that's the most expensive one
1: and now there's sports on peacock peacock shows like mm-hmm. uh, NBC football games and, and college football yeah. games uh, um, Bleacher Report has a channel on HBO now Yep. like Bally why is Bally's the brand when I think of Bally's I think of like a Stairmaster
0: yeah, it's a casino
1: yeah like why not like have Tony Little's Gazelle <laughs> streaming service for the Pelican instead of Bally's the Pelican should stream with rallies yeah <laughs> Rallies or checkers. Yes. You could have yes. checkers <laughs> for the like o- the Thunder and other locations. <laughs> I mean, it's just, you know, it It feels at some points, it feels like we're dogpiling on the Pelicans and New Orleans in general. And then you, you see the fruit of the labor. Yeah. And you go, this is a shit product yeah. from people that don't give a fuck and it's because they don't have to think about it. They're not in the position to need it. Yeah. And they don't care about you. They just want your money yeah. because Gail Benson doesn't have enough money.
0: And that's ultimately the part that drives me crazy is the idea that somehow she needs the cash to operate. It's like, no, she... Concessions
1: no, she, are so expensive.
0: Everything's expensive. But it's not just it's $30 to park. It's whatever. It's all those little things $200 that,
1: for a new window. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's all these little things that kind of like chip away at you. And then the argument that comes back is like she's not as rich as the owner in Salt Lake City. She's not as rich as the owner in Phoenix. It's like, "Of course." But that's it doesn't matter. She doesn't have to be. Who cares? It's not like a game of one-upmanship. They can make payroll, yeah. okay? <laughs> Like, even if they don't have this contract, like, they can figure it out. It just would take a little effort. It would take a little bit of, you know, uh, gumption to try to go out and strike out and do it on your own, like other teams have done. They went a very easy, traditional, lazy route, and it is biting them in the ass, and they deserve the criticism that's coming at them. And I think even they, in an honest moment, would understand why they'd be taking heat for that, because they did make a decision that was easy in the hopes that things would get better. They believed these people at, at you know, Sinclair Diamond Sports. Anyway, it looks like at the end of the season, the NBA has basically said, we're not doing this shit anymore. Mm-hmm. I think 13 NBA teams use Bally's. Most of them are legacy contracts. The NBA is saying, look, at the end of this year, you're all out. And the NBA gets the rates back to themselves. I'm hoping they can... Bundle that, sell it to an Amazon, an Apple, somebody who has a good product for a much more affordable price and will, uh, you know, improve accessibility amongst this fan base. Because listen, we'll get to the games, like I'm saying, like right about now, but like... You got to be able to watch the team in order to care about the team, and yeah. I've actually really enjoyed going to the Smoothie King Center. I am back as a season ticket holder and like a very regular. The ban has been lifted, through. huh? Yeah, just like I no press anything, no what, no preferential treatment, no nothing, you know. And uh, I've really enjoyed it. I've had a great time going to. I've, I've been to uh, two home games last week. I loved it. But then you realize these little things just make it so hard for the average person to want to try. Yeah. And that is so tough in a place like this where it's already so hard to get people to want to care about this team. There are a hundred obstacles to wanting to care about this team. And to have anything that you were, that is totally preventable standing up against it uh just makes you want to slap people in the face
1: yeah i'm just tired of everything being a hassle yeah. in new orleans yeah. like i'm i'm tired of having gritty resolve man yeah. i want to be <laughs> a soft little baby no <laughs> i want to have no grit i want to have <laughs> no character i just want to press a button and the thing happens
0: No, no. i know, like i'd like to show up to something the stoplight works <laughs> to get there there's a cop directing the traffic there's you know it's like there's just things that I want to work, and sometimes they
1: don't work, and that's life. Um, These are the kind of things I'm going to be talking about. The rally cap brewing. I, I know.
0: <laughs> just 30 minutes on <laughs> where's the Bill
1: Burr rant about Philadelphia. Oh, it's just yeah. you against Bally Sports. I'm going to be minutes. counting down the timer. <laughs> um, but you've been enjoying the games. I have enjoyed the games.
0: Now, I understand the team is far from perfect, and there's a lot of things that are wrong about them. But. Uh, but I really have enjoyed watching rookie Jordan Hawkins. I think yeah, he's, he's played great. really well. Uh, even in the games where he didn't shoot particularly well, I like the way he plays. Is like winning player the same way that like I really like the way Herb Jones played and the way that Trey Murphy plays uh, as rookies.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I really think that's like the exact kind of guy that this team needs. The problem with this team at the moment is that it's two stars are not really doing things that stars are supposed to do, which is carry the team. Instead, it often feels like Zion and Brandon Ingram are like the problem with this team. And I think we would have all thought previous to this that Mm -hmm. as long as those two guys are on the court, you're going to be pretty much okay most Mm -hmm. nights. And uh, the Pelicans have had two miserable second halves in a row uh, getting blasted after halftime leads against Atlanta and Denver. Um and I think losing both by double digits, maybe even by twenty, both of them, um, just really rough performances. Which comes particularly problematic when you consider that when neither of those guys played against the Pistons the other week, the Pelicans looked great. Yeah, they had none of that. All they had was CJ McCollum, and they looked great. They were passing the ball freely. They're drilling three pointers. It was very fun. And then the Stars come back. And things look like they slowed down. They look a little under, you know, bogged under the water. It's a very odd set of circumstances they have going on right now. And I still think they're going to be okay. I think they're about to go through a very tough stretch right now, though.
1: Well, I want to hop back. I I love Jordan Hawkins. He plays... He does not play like a first-year rookie. Mm-hmm. He plays with a lot of confidence. Even when a shot is not going down, he is doing the right thing out there. He does not look like a deer in the headlights. He looks like a real player. Yeah. And on a team like this where you know it's going to be a rotating cast of starters throughout the season, mm-hmm. no matter what, it's really nice to see that. I thought Dyson Daniels uh, looked improved out there as definitely, well. Definitely. And I would love to see... All of the guys that are currently injured in this rotation, like Jose Alvarado out there with with Hawkins and ever like I could see like good young chemistry there and it seems like the chemistry is going to develop with these young guys yeah and the product we're seeing with the superstars playing finally together is that they have zero chemistry. <laughs> yeah. they don't even know who each other is. They, no. they have no clue no how to play with each other out there no. and it, it is it's not good no and, and that's and it's not getting better it's not getting better and and it's
0: part of it is you look back to two years ago is that two years ago and everyone kind of blames stan van gundy i guess it was three years ago now for how bad the team was when ingram and zion both played the vast majority mm-hmm. of that season the team sucked I think we all sort of, like, blamed Eric Bledsoe and blamed Stan Van Gundy. I blame J.J. Reddick, <laughs> I was very, totally <laughs> fine. with. I'm always fine with blaming J.J. Reddick for everything. The world's fakest gambler. Um, but it turns out it might just be Zion and Ingram aren't really going to fit that well together. And, and this is an important couple of weeks uh, for David Griffin because you can't let this thing get away, you also don't want to break anything up before it gets to the point
1: where you feel like you fully know what you have. But it doesn't look like it's working. No. Zion has looked pissed off in every game, which could be a good thing. And Brandon Ingram has looked exhausted in every single game. Yeah, And it seems like most of Zion's points have been in garbage time, especially against Mm -hmm. Denver. There was a stretch where the Pelicans were getting buried And it was Denver's third string out there. I mean, this is the classic third quarter woe of the Pelicans. Yeah. But Zion couldn't make a layup. Yeah. And no matter how much he wants to huff and puff out there, like that soft touch has just not been falling for him this year. And that was like his superpower Mm -hmm. for a very long time. And maybe it's because
0: he's carrying some extra weight, which he definitely is. And maybe it's just, you know, uh, a long layoff and being a little rusty and not pe- playing a lot of competitive basketball. But he definitely does not look like the same completely dominant guy who every time you put the ball in his hands, he turns to his left, he spins around somebody, he goes through two guys and he scores no matter what. There are moments of that where he mm-hmm. can definitely can do it, but there are also way more, you know, than there used to be times uh, where the
1: shot, frankly, just does not go in or it gets swatted away from him. So, yeah, it seems like people have figured out how to defend Zion, even not necessarily just in like 3 on 1 and 2 on 1 situations. Mm-hmm. People are are blocking Zion's shots yeah. somewhat regularly now. It is not I don't think people are nearly as intimidated yeah. uh, guarding Zion as they were 2 seasons ago. Uh, it's a different league playing him right now and it and you can see the results. It's such a
0: a twist of events for this franchise which for so long struggled to put a good supporting cast around stars right Mm -hmm. drew holiday and anthony davis were a really good core everybody around them was a pile of dog shit uh chris paul and david west were great and then everybody else around them was kind of crumbling either under injury or just sucked and it's like that's always kind of been the story and it was the story with this we thought of this iteration too because Zion and Ingram were always hurt, but when they were playing, things were going really well, but you thought the cast around them wasn't good enough to hold up. I actually think the cast around them is as good as you've ever seen here. Absolutely. And that's with a bunch of guys hurt. They're playing the bottom of the depth right now. They're playing Matt Ryan, you know, 25 minutes or whatever. That mm-hmm. guy was literally driving DoorDash last summer. Like, this is, they have totally found Something and a lot of guys have done in credit, you know, scouting whatever it might be. They've done a really good job of building around everything else, but those three guys at the top who make all the money have got to perform every single game when they're on the floor, and they're just not doing it. They're not carrying them to where they need to be, and the conversation should be happening on airline of like, okay, we got to move somebody, even if even if you technically downgrade just to shake up the foundation of this thing you might just have to move someone sometime before Christmas and I think the guy you should move is probably Brandon Ingram to be perfectly honest I don't think they're going to do it because David Griffin is so in love
1: with Ingram and has been for four years now he has been in love with Brandon Ingram I felt like more than he would be if Zion hadn't been injured as often. Yeah. If Zion is healthy and plays 60 games this season, I don't think you're going to see that kind of, uh, you know, pet student relationship maybe towards Brandon Ingram Uh, you know it's a small sample thus far what seven games Mm -hmm. and when Brandon Ingram has not played CJ McCollum and Zion seem to play together especially with the young player you know they had Mm -hmm. Matt Ryan and Jordan Hawkins starting games yeah uh, games that they won yeah so yeah Brandon Ingram out of the three I think is the one he looks bad the weak link and he he's a guy that needs to be trying on defense
0: and needs to be doing and well, i don't ex- for excuse a lot of the stuff zion does he's obviously loafing he's obviously not getting back on defense he's obviously not trying to rebound these things we kind of know about our zion mm-hmm. and i think they'll get better as you know the season goes along etc um cuz i still i have a soft spot for zion because I think he can sure. be incredible when he plays the way that he's supposed to. We've all seen it from him. They just kind of want to get it there. I don't think Brandon Ingram, when he's not there, I don't feel he's missed. And I guess that's the part where it's like, I don't know how you pay this guy. They offered him $50 million a year yeah. this summer, which he turned down. And the concept that like that guy doesn't even move the gambling line a point when he's not playing is not a great indication that he's affecting winning all that much. Like, literally, they announce he's out or in, you know, an hour before the game. The line doesn't move, and it's because it doesn't matter because he's not that impactful. I don't even care if he's playing or not when I go to the arena. I want Zion to play. I don't really care if B.I. is playing. He played a lot of the second half of last season, and they beat a bunch of bad teams, but they also lost a ton of games. When he was back and Zion wasn't playing, that was like that really long losing streak, etc. I don't know, man. I just don't get it from him. I don't see superstar. I don't even see all star. Like I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I know he, the numbers are there. I know the tough contested jumpers are there, and he's good at making them. And he can get you a bucket when you need it sometimes. I just there is some link that I don't get between Brandon Ingram and David Griffin. I cannot see why he's considered
1: the foundation of this team. I feel like Brandon Ingram's superpower is playing (laughs) catch-up. I don't see him dominate games. You don't see Brandon Ingram get a 40-point game in a 20-point victory. You don't see that. You see him make Kevin Durant-style shots late in the game when they're down six points with two minutes to go, when they're down eight points with one minute to go. He has an insane skill level, but it's just hasn't shown the value it should for the Pelicans. Yeah.
0: And it's because a lot of it is because he doesn't make a ton of threes and you have to make a ton mm-hmm. of threes in this league to be that valuable. And he's just doesn't, he doesn't do enough other things to make up for the fact that he's not making tons of threes. Yeah. And so it is a really hard value proposition to give him that much money. But look, Until Griff changes his mind, and we've been given no evidence that he does, he has always said publicly, privately, anyone who's ever worked there is always like, look, he loves B.I. He loves him, and he's not going to get rid of him, and he's nothing that he can do to screw that up. And Brandon missed whatever it was, six weeks last year, a month. I don't know how it was, like a bruised toe that everyone on the medical side was like, yeah, he's cleared to play, and then he missed three games with knee soreness that everyone was like, Willie Green was like, I don't know, he might be day-to-day. He Basically, the medical staff is telling him, you play whenever you feel like it, man, because you're clear to play. And there's so many red flags about his game, and you're like, they should probably move on, but I don't think they will. Um, and if they do, I'll be surprised, but I think that would be for the best. And. They certainly have the ability to turn things around, and they certainly have the ability to beat a lot of the bad teams in this league and be a competitive playoff team, etc., whatever. But, like, I, I, this core is not what we all dreamed it to be when they were playing Phoenix to the, you know, whatever, six, when they won the play-in tournament, brought Phoenix to six games, everyone thought, man, if you just add Zion to this mix, all of a sudden you've got, you know, you've turned a, a powder keg to a, a full dynamite. And it's like, that is not what's happened at all. And I think you, it's time to rethink
1: things based on what we've seen. And I'm finding my excitement is for the young players. Yeah. The supporting cast is great. I want to see this team healthy. Yeah. How many times have I said that? I mean, that will literally <laughs> never happen. Never. And that
0: is, we'll, and I think there's future opportunities getting that. That is, at some point, that is a culture. Mm-hmm. Where it's like there is an expectation that if you are not 100%, you're going to miss games. But there's also just a curse there. I don't think C.J. McCollum is skipping games because of a punctured lung because he's a pussy. Right. Like, I, I don't think Trey Murphy doesn't want to play. Yeah. You know, I, I do think some of the Ingram stuff is softness. Some of the Zion stuff is where he rested for a game. Like, there's a little bit of that. But some of this is like just terrible luck. Yeah. You know? And this is where they are. and. You know, so if you tuned in to hear very uplifting Pelican stuff, uh, you're welcome uh, for that. In the meantime, we've actually got some nice things to say about the Saints. They came off a win. We'll get into the Saints and, of
1: course, some local news. So stick around. We'll be right back. Polk and Cush. Polk and Cush is brought to you by Crescent Canna, New Orleans' number one cannabis company and the maker of highly satisfying Crescent 9 THC seltzer. We're huge fans of Crescent 9, and we're excited to try their new flavor, Crescent 9 Ginger Lemonade THC Seltzer. Delightfully tart and sweet with warm notes of ginger. This Crescent 9 Ginger Lemonade contains 5 mg of Delta 9 THC and 4 milligrams of CBD per can. It's caffeine-free, perfect for an elevated night out or a relaxing night in. Um, we got a few of these delivered Right to the Polk & Kush studio. I tore into these bad boys. I love... The, I'm a big fan of ginger. It feels healthy. I think it's healthy. And the tartness of these, I feel, goes very well with the autumn, crisp, cool air. It's a nice tart, not quite sour. It's a, it's a very delicious, fruity, gingery flavor. And better yet... There is no caffeine in it. Yeah. So I can have one of these at eleven o'clock at night and I don't become a feral animal <laughs> for the rest of the evening. Beautiful. I'm a, I'm a sensitive boy. If I if I have a cup of coffee after five o'clock, I become a maniac. Yeah.
0: That's why we do this show. Yeah. Yeah. So So instead we have this lovely drink, a perfect way to uh, end your night, to enjoy uh, a quiet afternoon. Uh, and That is a, a tremendous product. These people just keep coming out with tremendous products.
1: They really do. We need to get, like, stock options. I know. Some kind of, I mean, Crescent Nine's just headed upward. Yes. And Polk and Kush is going to be clinging on to your coattails.
0: <laughs> All the way
1: up. Because it's made with hemp-derived cannabinoids and abides by federal regulations, Crescent 9 Ginger Lemonade THC Seltzer is federally legal and available for adults from coast to coast. It's also third-party lab-tested and officially registered with the Louisiana Department of Health. You can order it online at crescentcanna.com, or you can purchase it from numerous New Orleans locations, including Rouse's, Conseco's, Zapardos. Simply Cannabis, Tipitina's, Rainbow Grocery, Hank's Supermarket, Rendezvous Tavern, American Townhouse, Golden Lantern Bar, and more. You must be 21 or older to purchase or consume THC products. Consult with your doctor before using any cannabis product if you have a medical condition or are taking medication. That's a sponsor. It sure is.
0: We love it. Did you get an opportunity to watch the New Orleans Saints win consecutive football games, Mr. Polk?
1: Yeah. Um, I I needed a couple of uh, Crescent Nine <laughs> seltzers to, <laughs> to get, get, get me through the them. Through <laughs> uh, I have
0: very much enjoyed since the, I guess, the fourth quarter of the Jaguars game. The offense is not like the greatest thing in the world, but it's fine.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? like it's not as if it's it's un there was a time where it's like every time they tried to pass someone got sacked. Every time the ball went more than 4 yards down the field there was a holding penalty. Yeah. Like it was a a complete embarrassment for a significant amount of time this season. Uh I don't hate this team anymore. Well that's good. That's and it's not just cuz they're winning it's cuz it's like It's actual reasonable football, right? They're not playing perfect by any stretch of the imagination. They're playing horrific teams, but they are winning the games and they are like generating actual offense and a lot of takeaways on defense, which is something they had not done at all last year. They, I believe, lead the league in interceptions uh, right now and are close to it for takeaways in general. It is a, a not miserable product. You can also watch the games and know this is not a Super Bowl caliber team, but it's not embarrassing anymore, and it doesn't make me want to, like, throw my head into the wall while I'm watching it. So that is
1: a huge improvement over where we were a couple of weeks ago. Counterpoint. Okay. The two wins are against some stinky losers. Yes. With very backup quarterbacks. Uh, Yeah against Chicago to win by one score the Saints needed five defensive takeaways yeah to win by one score yeah against maybe the second worst team in the league with a uh, with a quarterback whose name is like Tanger Factory Outlet <laughs> whoever his name is
0: I had, I was at the game with my kids, uh, I went with, and you were sitting next to him.
1: <laughs> before <laughs> the
0: four year old was like, "Who's the quarterback for the Bears?" I was like, "I have no idea." I was like, "Justin Fields I was like, he was definitely not playing." I don't know who the quarterback is for the Bears. The Bears fans sitting around us didn't know who he was. They yeah. traveled across the country to they come to this game. There were roaming Ditkas everywhere. <laughs> they were. The Bears fans were great. There was thousands of them. Yeah, I don't. I have no idea why they travel to go watch this football. I was like, why did you even bother to come to the game? I was like, I understand wanting to go on vacation when it's cold. I was like, but why would you even bother coming in here? And they were like into it. They were screaming on third down and stuff. I was like, man, I, I just that's. Uh, you wouldn't catch me dead in a road venue when the Saints were two and seven with a <laughs> D three quarterback out there. I, I might go to the city where the game is because I already bought yeah. the plane ticket. I mean, if but, you live, my, in, I'm not
1: spending four hours in the stadium. If you live in like Joliet, Illinois, and you know <laughs> yeah. work at the Steak and Ale, yeah. you're gonna look for any chance you can get. Just go to brunch, though, man. I what do mean... you do and sit in that dome? They're horrible. <laughs> they knew it was gonna happen. I doubt they're traveling to Indianapolis to see the Bears play. I don't know. It was wild. There's a lot of Bears fans. Credit to them.
0: I was very impressed, and they were they were some very large women around us, and they were having the time of their life. She was. They are cracking up, dancing, standing, getting crunk. It was like these these Bears fans didn't give a shit that they were winning, losing, anything
1: in between. They were just happy to be there. Well, we need to learn from these Bear fans because. We're on our way there. Yeah, oh yeah. The Bears have been a bad team for a while. They have not had a quarterback in ever. So, I th- Jay Cutler was the last quarterback <laughs> for the Bears. Yeah. And I-, I think we're going to have to look to these fans to figure out how to squeeze joy out of this team moving forward. Look, the Saints have only played the worst teams in the league. Uh-huh. Only. Yes. Can Exclusive. you imagine this? I watched. I watched Bills Bengals. So, uh-huh. I think it was a Sunday Night Football game. Mm-hmm. It was a different sport. Yeah, it was a different league. <laughs> it was different players. Actually, it was a lot of former Saints yeah. who are no longer <laughs> on the Saints. It's a different planet. I have. I have almost no emotional connection to the Saints team. Yeah, I don't
0: get mad when they're struggling. I don't either. Yeah. I, I passed that point where I was booing lustily, but that was almost just for fun. I didn't boo them mostly because I was with my kids and I, I don't think they're particularly good, but they're definitely going to win enough games to make the playoffs. I'd be shocked at this point if they didn't. I mean, the Falcons are horrific. The Buccaneers have not won since they came to the Superdome and won. Uh, they are exactly who we thought they were and the Panthers are one of the two or three worst teams in the league. So you're by default, almost going to make the playoffs. In addition, I think the Saints are going to end up playing one good team the entire season with their quarterback. One in Detroit, and we don't—we haven't gotten to that game yet, so that quarterback might not be there. That's true. Other than that, it's been all backup quarterbacks. Trevor Lawrence was injured. The Saints have a backup quarterback. Derek Carr stinks. He—he's <laughs> he, he's not as bad as he was, but that's because he actually. What think, happened to you? He because he's not that bad. Because I watched bad. Bad is the guy who threw five interceptions in that game. Okay. (laughs) That guy sucks. All right. Derek Carr is overpaid and he's not great, but he's pretty much the middle of
1: the road quarterback that we all thought he was. It seems like Taysom Hill is the driving quarterback for the saints this season. It seems like any momentum, any quarterback play that results in a score has been Taysom Hill. It, at least in the last two
0: victories, he's helped tremendously. It's, changed the complexion of the offense that he is playing so much more and when he's a bigger part of the offense they are better i don't think there's any question about that the fact that andrews pete is like performing okay at right tackle or left tackle whatever (laughs) he is is shocking game changing. i mean shocking that guy sucks he's sucked for a decade now at guard and moving from guard to tackle is almost impossible in the nfl to then be better somehow and I guess that shows how bad Trevor Penning was that, like, it was that noticeable that, like, we had to bench him to put in our crappy guard, backup <laughs> guard at tackle. And then we, things got sig- not just a little bit better, significantly better. That is true. When that happened. And, uh, and it's allowed Derek Carr to stay in the pocket a little bit more. He's not doesn't have the happy feet. He's not getting sacked every other play. Uh, he was getting sacked six, seven times a game the first month of the season. That's not really happening anymore. And they're converting some third downs. They're putting together some drives. They've missed some field goals, which have not been great. Uh, at inopportune opportune times, it would have changed. You know, the game would have been over sooner against the Bears, if not for a couple of special teams errors. Look, they're not again. They're not great, but they're good enough to beat what might be the worst schedule I've ever seen. In the history of the NFL,
1: because
0: they're playing Minnesota this week. And you're like, oh, Minnesota's got some guys. It's like, well, Jordan Jefferson's probably not going to play. And Kirk Cousins is out for the season. Yeah. So they're playing Josh Dobbs, a quarterback who I love, Josh Dobbs, but like, he's not anything. You should be able to beat him. He's been there for a week and a half. And they literally picked him up like, for nothing. You know, he didn't know the
1: players' names and he I think he had three touchdowns yeah. led a game winning drive. Falcons. It was against Atlanta. Yeah. <laughs> it's
0: like, and that shows how bad yeah. Atlanta
1: is because
0: this division is horrific. Uh and the Saints I don't think are horrific. They're goal the, the manifest, Saints are favored
1: against Minnesota. Of course they're favored
0: against Minnesota because they're not very good. Mm-hmm. And the Saints are okay. And the manifest destiny that we predicted in February or whatever it was, May, whenever they decided to get Derek Carr and essentially angle the trajectory of the franchise toward winning the NFC South this year was they're going to win the NFC South. Then they're going to host a playoff game and they're going to be like a double digit underdog at home where they're going to get smashed. And I nothing has changed in that overall trajectory i have gotten more upset than i wanted to be watching some of these games they lost a couple of games i couldn't believe they found a way to lose but overall they're pretty much aiming exactly where we thought they'd aim and if they have to play dallas or they have to play uh you know one of those teams in the first round at home it's going to be very ugly and they're going to be a heavy underdog but I think most would still consider it a success. I obviously do not, but I think most would consider that to be exactly what this team's supposed to be doing.
1: You've been having a better time because the offense is producing. They're playing the game. The, yes. The,
0: those first six or seven were some of the worst watch, they were the least watchable NFL games imaginable. It was Absolutely. like watching like Tuesday Night Maction. You know, it was like <laughs> th- there's nothing is <laughs> happening. You're sitting at the game. I, I actually looked at my wife, so the Saints scored in the first quarter against the Bears. And I've taken my oldest son, consecutive years, we go to one game a year with him. He has been to two games. The Saints had not scored a touchdown in either of the games that he had <laughs> been to. I was like, that's the first touchdown he's ever seen. We've been there for th- year two. Gone- Yeah, it was year
1: three. <laughs> it was the
0: third game we gone to. We had never seen a touchdown because he went to that like end-of-the-year Panthers game. both times. It was-, it, was- it was horrible games. That's how bad this offense has been since Drew Brees retired. <laughs> and we kind of forget how miserable it has been. It is not miserable right now. I'm not saying they're great, but it's not miserable right now. Okay. Are you okay with that? I'm
1: okay with that. Do you
0: think that's fair? Or am I now, like, turning into, like, a Pollyanna of the Saints?
1: Um, I mean, you're just a contrarian. (laughs) 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 This team required five turnovers at home to beat the worst team in the NFL with a quarterback whose name is a CAPTCHA puzzle. (laughs) And you're you saying this is good, you're saying this is good football? It's it's not. It's better than it was at the beginning of the season. Yes. Uh, how the fuck is Blake Groupie still on this team? Yeah, I don't, that's crazy. The Saints special team is is a disaster. Yeah, and if if they were good, I think the Saints would have two more wins. Yeah, and, and could be you know like an old like defensive like Raven style like team that could grind out some wins. But even the defense is not that
0: great. I mean, they shut down the Bears in the second half because that guy is terrible. But yeah, like he, they went straight
1: down the field twice <laughs> to start the game. Well, with he like, oh. wasn't afraid. To, he he was not afraid to throw it. He had nothing to lose. <laughs> yes, and it exposed the Saints' secondary against the clownish Bears.
0: Well, they've never they have not had to play a quarterback the whole yeah. year again, with the exception of Trevor Lawrence, who was pretty banged up in that game. Um, they have not had to play a quarterback, and guess what? They're not going to have to play a quarterback. They're going to play the Falcons. They're going to play Josh Dobbs. They're going to play the Giants, who are starting like Donnie DeVito. (laughs) Like, I don't know, like Tommy (laughs) DeVito. They're playing like they're they're playing absolute pieces of crap on the schedule. Uh, It's a terrible, terrible schedule. Well, they're going to, the exception of the Lions. Brett Reipeland and the Rams, pretty. (laughs) <laughs> who could who could stop Brett rippon I know it'll be. I mean, it's bad, and they get to play the Panthers again. They got to play the Buccaneers again, like yeah. the Falcons twice. It's a bad, 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 bad schedule. As as uh, unimpressive. It's like playing in like the Sun Belt, you know. Because then you watch like, the Eagles, <laughs> and you're like, oh my god! Like look at what they have to do to win a game, yeah. you know. And they're playing like the 49ers and the Bills and the Cowboys. And like Liz, like can, look at the next five weeks of the Eagles' schedule. It's literally, they play five games in a row that are all harder than any game on the Saints' schedule the entire year. And it's like, there are teams that have to go through these wars. The Saints will have to go through none of them. Right. They're going to put up a good record. They are at least now not a complete bumbling mess. And I think it's going to be okay. But I am also still pissed at the trajectory that this is the best the Saints think they can be
1: and you know that if the saints do start to get it together and they get to the playoffs and maybe they put up a fight and maybe everybody's happier than they thought they would be next season's schedule is going to be the most soul crushing (laughs) they're going to get annihilated
0: well this is all like regression of the mean right like they were they had the fewest interceptions last year now they have like the most interceptions Mm -hmm. it's most of the same players I don't think they changed the style that significantly. Some of it is just the law of averages of these things work out. And sometimes you're just playing better quarterbacks or worse quarterbacks. It's like, yeah, it's going to come back and bite them in the ass in a big way. They're going to be worse next year, almost regardless. The problem that I have is going to be that everyone's going to start to consider this like a gigantic success and have like a huge party. I'm just saying it's watchable now. That's is, all I'm saying. It is watchable. It's watchable now. It was in a huge, gigantic, uh, miserable failure, embarrassment for the most of the season. The last two weeks have not been. So let's continue on that train. Go beat Minnesota. Have a winning record. People will get a little juiced up, and you might have some fun home games in December, which is as much as I can ask for at this point.
1: I mean, that's you know the the three Saints slogans: one, who dat; two, do your job; three, it's watchable. <laughs>
0: We're watchable now. The Saints. Want to talk
1: about some local stuff? Yeah, let's get into it. It's
0: It is filled with juicy jazz, squalling trumpets, and tiny, tiny little quad
1: eyes. You put past in a swamp, and that's Norlins in a nutshell, baby. <laughs> Let her well, we don't have the salt water, but we do have the fireworks air, the stink <laughs> air. We solved the water problem by doing nothing. <laughs> and now we have an air problem that we will do nothing about. And we talked about the super fog. It was like on the news, you know, it was like on the real news that like people around the world see where there was the 160 car pileup. And, like, a ton of people died. And then today there was another pileup. There was an eight-car pileup near Irish Bayou. One person died. I think it was, like, eight cars. It's like, how, how often do we have to include in, like, a weather forecast... Watch out for death. Yeah, I know. We're, we got death in the air, literally. That's what we're going with. The air is killing our citizens right now. And this is the... It's a like Gotham. The, the bayou fire, which you think of a bayou, you think of it being wet, but this fire is underground, where you think it would be more wet, or... <laughs> You think of people, like, throwing dirt on a fire to put it out. I don't know how anything works. No, I haven't seen... I, have you seen any, like, aerial footage of it? I've seen nothing. I've. Uh, it seems
0: very odd. It affects every person's day-to-day life because it smells like, a, uh, a, you know, a tire
1: factory yeah. in the city. And yet, I have
0: not seen one, like, aerial photo of it.
1: I, I don't think so. I've just seen, like, on-the-ground stuff where it shows the smoldering <laughs> ground. Yeah. And then people are... I don't know digging a hole and pouring water in the hole. I don't know what they're doing. They said they're uh using a million gallons of water a day. Uh I'm that energy bill or the <laughs> sewage and water board bill is going to be A billion dollars, and it's just gonna get sent to some guy's house. Some guy in the seventh war is gonna open his his letter and be like,
0: "Oh yeah, sir, you used four hundred (laughs) and twenty-five million gallons
1: of water on uh, the last twenty-eight days." They're gonna send it to the Saint John guy. (laughs) Be like, "Hey, your meter was hooked up to the to where we put the hose to put out the marsh fire." Uh, That was a great story, the Saint John one, where like every like people kind of like.
0: You know, the, everyone sort of disconnects from how screwed up everything is, like because it doesn't affect them. You right. know, on a lot of issues. And then the guy is like, post a restaurant that no one's been to, right? Like, no one had ever gone. You work in the quarter, and that's like a
1: nice restaurant in the quarter. You never thought to go there, right? No, it's next to Coops, I believe. Yeah, I think I, it's down there. If I'm if I'm in Coops area, I'm going, I'm going to Molly's. Yeah, or I'm going to Coops. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, and.
0: By all accounts, a really good restaurant. Look,
1: looked very nice.
0: Yeah, very well done, good people. And the guy just posts a random thing on Facebook like, hey, we have an energy bill for $40,000, and no one can tell me where the meter is or what what I'm being charged for. 40, this isn't like an extra 200 bucks in your no. bill. $40,000. He couldn't get it. The city was like, yeah, well, I don't know. And they were like, well, we're not going to do anything about it. Energy
1: obviously knows what it's doing. He said that energy came in there, just like grabbed a cook and shoved a bill in his face and was like, you have to pay $40,000 right now. That is how stupid energy is that they just go in there grab some goon <laughs> in the kitchen. And they're like, you have to give us for Like like he's going to reach in his pocket and pull out. I've got 38,000. Will that be enough? There's hey, an IOU. Just hang on to this and They're one. the mafia. They think they can do this shit. They
0: can. They run. Literally, they run the power. <laughs> There's nothing you can do to fight. It. And so thank God this guy decided to put this thing on Facebook and explain it. And the owner of the restaurant, and he generated enough traction that people turned to the city council. And I guess some agreement went that they were like, okay, well, at least like pause what you're having to do. But how often does this happen to somebody who has no recourse? Yeah. And they just turn and they're like, oh, you know that, you know, Tiddlywinks factory that you are operating out of New Orleans East? Like, you owe us $750,000 for power. Like, well, why? I don't even use power. And they're like, oh, well, I don't know. You just (laughs) owe it to us or we're going to kick you out. It's like, okay. And this probably happens every day to tons of people. And they have no recourse whatsoever. And it is a glaring example of everything that is hard about living here. And credit to that guy because he at least... Uh, brought awareness to it, and
1: he appears to be keeping his restaurant open. I would assume this has given him great publicity. He said that uh, the problem had not been solved; they were just no. turning the power yeah, back on. It will
0: never, it will never be no. solved. They could not find the meter.
1: <laughs> They're charging him forty grand for a meter that they don't know where it is. Do you have any idea how ridiculous that it's is? It's got to be in the sewers, right? Uh, Maybe there's like a like a homeless group living in the sewers. <laughs> It's like running an Xbox off of this thing. There is no other business on planet Earth where they don't even know where the product is that they're selling
0: you, that they're charging you for.
1: There's got to be a record somewhere, a map, like an Indiana Jones-style map where they could find this thing.
0: Or how these... like okay so we have a normal energy bill that's a thousand dollars and then we have this one that's forty thousand (laughs) dollars why do you think this is the one where you can't even find where it's coming from why are we responsible for this one
1: is anybody going to use any level of common sense like of course not i'm sure like the photo booth at molly's is plugged into this meter And that's the only thing that's been running on it for you know you ever seen demolition years? man, oh
0: yeah, where they have like the whole underground, you know where Dennis Leary's <laughs> eating like rat burgers and stuff they're all they're powering their entire universe down there. It's just on this one box from this one restaurant, and no one can find it, and they've run an entire underground city on that <laughs> that's that's what that's what I'm going with for my explanation, but this is where we are, and it's a, a beautiful time and a beautiful town. Uh, so we thank all of you for listening to this program. We love each and every one of you. Thank you to Polk for doing this while under the weather, fighting through it. Uh, thank you to Jesse at the Garden Gates Landscape Company. Thank you to Crescent Canna and all of you. We will be back next week. Stay tuned. Stick around, Polk
1: and Kush. See ya.